The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm in a bit of a pensive mood this morning. I'm not sure exactly why, but I think it's probably a combination of the readings and, you know, different life circumstances and world circumstances. Actually, our first reading from Daniel is one of my very favorite Old Testament readings from Daniel because it's such an interesting description about, you know, somebody who's in their kingdom and in their comfort zone and things are about to radically change, you know, for that person and for that kingdom. Uh, but, you know, we see this foreshadowing of that solid rock is, is the new kingdom that, that is essentially never going to be overcome, the kingdom, the kingdom of Christ that's sort of foreshadowed in the future. And, and today, celebrating Pope St. Clement, one of the things that was unique about him, too, is uh, the tradition holds that he was consecrated by St. Peter himself. And, you know, not unlike times that we're in now, he, you know, I've, I've often compared Portland to uh, Corinth in Greece, you know, like the old church of Corinth, how St. Paul's always kind of urging them on and kind of telling them what to do and what not to do. And uh, actually, Pope Clement was helping. There was a great uproar in the church of Corinth at the time. And so he's famous for one of the letters that he gives there because they refer to him as who? The authority in Rome. <laughs> you know, so they, they, they see and recognize his Clement, Clement's authority and they ask for advice. And so he writes them a letter just as St. Paul was writing letters to, to Corinth as well. And so, you know, he encourages them on their journey, but there was much persecution during his time. He was alive during the time of Diocletian, who was kind of a, a tyrant like emperor, um, persecuting many of the Christians in that world. And, and I think the, the thing that perhaps brought this home to me is just that when we see this happen to people that we love or or the church in general then sometimes even what Jesus is talking about it's very specific in the gospel we know he's actually talking about the destruction of the Jerusalem temple but you know of course 
it, it's not unlike thinking about any apocalyptic end, right? You know, some of the signs that he gives. But one, he's, one of the things they're referring to, right, is they're looking at the beauty and the opulence of the temple. Remember, he doesn't preach against that at all, but he just tells them it's not going to be there for that much longer. So we remember in 70 AD is when the Romans, you know, destroyed the, 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 the temple. And, uh, and there's a famous, and I'm sure many of you have seen it, but uh, just outside the Roman Forum, there's the famous triumphal arch. And on the arch, carved inside of the arch, is the spoils of war from the Temple of Rome. The menorahs and the lampstands and the, and the ark and all of these things are basically being carried along as spoils of war at that time. And so many of the people who still were alive, you know, were alive to see that destruction. And so, and so they realized, wow, yeah, I mean, and that was for the Jewish people, I mean, that was about as close to the end of the world as you could possibly think of, that their temple, that place of God, was completely destroyed before their eyes. Now, I'm sure a number of you have heard this before, and I actually have the full quote. Sometimes you only hear part of this quote. But um, Cardinal George, many years ago, he famously said this, this phrase. He was actually giving a private retreat to priests at the time, but somebody happened to jot it down on their phone and kind of capture it. It took a while for them to realize where, where the quote came from exactly, but, it, but Cardinal George himself said, yes, it was me. He said, but this is the whole quote. And it said, I expect to die in my bed. My successor in prison and his, success, and his successor in the public square. His successor will pick up the shards of a ruined society and slowly help rebuild civilization as the church has done so often in human history. You know, it's just, you know, he was so, he saw the course of the way that the world was going, and so he thought, yeah, I'll die comfortably, <laughs> you know, but it's just like my successor, yeah, he'll be imprisoned, and then the next person will likely be martyred. And I was reminded of this, you know, I'm sure you saw this in the Sentinel too, but one of my best friends, Father Tim, is at St. Patrick's. Hey, you know, somebody tried to light the front of the church on fire. It's all stone in the front of that church, but so thankfully nothing happened, right? But something, something could have, you know, they have this on their, their surveillance footage. And of course, I know other priests who have just received, you know, near assault, you know, here, and, and I don't really like talking about this necessarily um, because I was explaining to somebody, it's not something that I fear, but something I'm saddened by more, more than anything else. And so I think any single time that we see the state of our world in sort of uproar and disarray, but the important thing about that is that we've seen it time and time again. You know, Jesus alludes to it in his time, you know, we see it in our time. Pope Clement saw it in his time. And, um, you know, <laughs> we have our hope in Jesus Christ, though. And I remember there was a priest giving us a retreat one time, and he said these very simple words. He just said, you know, brothers, Jesus Christ has already won. We're simply part of the cleanup effort. And that always stuck with me for some reason or another. It's more complicated than that, of course. But it's very true in its simple, simple essence that we always have to keep remembering if we're doing what we're doing, um, that's the primary thing that we need to do is continue to worship the one true God. Um, 
And a lot of people are, are starting to bother us <laughs> about that very thing. And so uh, it is upsetting, and I'm with you in your upset. But at the same time, just as we celebrated our patron of St. Cecilia yesterday, and then we celebrate Clement today, we really do remember examples of, of heroic Christians that just didn't stop in the face of persecution or, or their own death. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. They, they believed all the way into the end. And yesterday I mentioned that, that amazing thing about if you see that sculpture of St. Cecilia that was actually carved in the likeness, in, in the same way that they found her in the tomb, the same way that she was actually martyred, even when she couldn't speak yet, she couldn't speak at all anymore because of, of the, the failed beheading attempt. You know, what did she do? She laid out her fingers, you know, three fingers, sowing her belief in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then one finger pointing upward as a reminder of the one true God. So even without words in the faith of death, she was still preaching the gospel. And so we just remember those examples. We continue to take them with us. And um, like I said, sometimes, you know, I'm in a more, a little pensive, you know, saddened mood just because I hear these things directly from people that I know. And sometimes just within families, you know, being persecuted just for being Catholic and believing what we believe. It's difficult to hear. You lose sleep over it, you know, but we continue to pray for those who persecute us. That's the thing we do the most. It's the thing that we think of the least, but the thing we should do the most is we continue to pray for those who persecute us, the church, but uh, we keep going. We persevere, just like our martyrs. God bless you all.